Let's get real, everybody. This is Taylor, and you're listening to The Elephant in the Room. How has everybody's last couple weeks been? It's getting colder outside. I'm officially talking about the weather as my small talk off the top. Wow. Wow. Anyways, my last couple weeks have been a little heavy, um, but that's okay. We move. We move through. Lots of body stuff coming up in the last couple weeks, just in like regular life that I think I'll touch on at the start of this and then we'll kind of pick up from Taylor's version part one. Yeah, I'm, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about how this podcast is a very great thing for me. It's a very great outlet. It's a great place to chat about a lot of the feelings that I have on body positivity. But what I have noticed for myself is that this stuff is even more at the forefront of my mind than it was before. Because every two weeks I'm sitting down for X amount of time and chatting about my body and my body's journey. When I move through the world day to day, it's just like more at the forefront of my mind, which is interesting. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just interesting. I think some weeks, depending on how I'm doing mentally, it's great. And some weeks, if I'm struggling more mentally, it's heavier. You know, I'm always thinking, oh, that would be a great piece for the podcast or things like that. And I'm just navigating that lens for myself as I move through the world, I guess, if that makes any sense. I've been having this ongoing battle with my workplace because uniforms and size inclusivity. And I've posted a couple things on my Instagram story, but I've been having this like email back and forth with somebody within the company about wanting to get myself a dress for work because my size is very much not in the size chart that they have provided. So I wanted to get a dress. I wanted to wear a dress like everybody else. I wanted to have that option like everybody else. I think I've mentioned before that I wear a men's shirt at work because the women's ones don't fit me and that that can be like isolating. And so I've sought out trying to get a dress because I feel like that would be another good option for myself. And it's been a lot of back and forth just about if it's even possible to get me a dress in my size and not a lot of acknowledgement that I even have to go through this process because as a massive company, they haven't thought about sizing multiple different types of bodies at their business and so it's been a bit of an emotional journey for me because sometimes taking on the weight of advocating for myself and advocating for people after me as well I I feel this very large responsibility to make sure that nobody has to feel the way that I felt and I know You know, some of it is just unfortunate life and things that I can't, you know, I can't fix everything. But for so long, I was at a point with my body that I didn't feel comfortable advocating for myself and I didn't feel comfortable 
asking questions and demanding more. And I know that there are going to be people who work there after me who don't feel comfortable doing those things. And if I'm in a space now where I do, why don't I take advantage of that and try and change the system a little bit? But that work can be exhausting and mentally tough. And I've definitely felt the weight of that this week. I won't get into it more. I think I'll save it for another episode, but I just wanted to like let everybody know where I'm at mentally today, which is a little heavy. I'm feeling a little bit defeated in terms of my body and advocating for body positivity. And that's normal. That's going to ebb and flow. You know, I, I think most of the time I'm in a really great space with it, but sometimes I'm not going to be. And I think that it's just fair off the top to say that's where I'm at this week, but we're going to record and do the journey anyways, because this podcast does really bring a lot of great things to my life. And from the feedback I've heard, it's bringing some great things to other people's too. So we move. So to pick up from where we left off in Taylor's version part one, which I got, you know, some lovely feedback on just the vulnerability of last week's episode and a lot of people coming and talking about their own struggles with mental health. So I see you. I hear you. You're not alone out there. We're all in this together. Zac Efron and the cast of High School Musical. He's just obviously the most important. Actually, Corbin Blue is. I take that back. I take that back. So I think I kind of left off at around my COVID era, but there is something that I left out, um, which was, which is super important in the journey of my body. I think I left it out because I've probably blocked a lot of it out because it's a very traumatic time in my life. Pre-COVID, post-college graduation, the first relationship that I had outside of that relationship that ended when I started college was with somebody who was just horrible. Um, yeah, really did not treat me well. Did not bring out good sides of me. Did not bring a lot of positive, healthy, mature aspects to my life. Did that person ever say anything about my body specifically? No, they didn't. Uh, that is something, you know, probably the one thing I'll give them is that you know, they never had an issue with my body. But the mental abuse, I will say, um, that I went through in that relationship, we're just getting right into it. Hello, this is Taylor, and we're talking about mental abuse. I'm sorry. If, happy Sunday morning while you're drinking your coffee. But mental abuse is so real. It happens to so many people in relationships, not just romantic relationships, but friendships, family relationships. In this case, it was a romantic relationship. I was with this person for two and a half years. And slowly over time, like mold, the abuse grew. It seeped into me and it changed the way I saw myself. It changed the way that I looked at the kind of love that I deserve. I was in a very toxic, unhealthy situation and I thought that that's what I deserved. And obviously, as like I said in the last episode, I was not in a great place with my body already. And my first relationship in many, many years, I think it was at least five years, was not a healthy one. And it was one that I should have left way sooner 
Um, but hindsight is twenty twenty, so that you can't. Yeah. Anyways, looking back, yeah, I should have left probably six months in, but I didn't. I stayed for two and a half years, and when that relationship finally ended, I kind of had to rebuild myself and refine myself, and that was a hard journey. We broke up in October of 2019, I believe, uh, so right before the pandemic, and no, it would have had to have been, no, that would have been when it was, see, I genuinely have blocked a lot of that relationship out, I think just for like self-preservation, but I believe that's when it ended, and I was really in a space where I had very low self-esteem. Earlier in this year, I had done a musical uh, called Dogfight, if anybody has heard of that musical. If you haven't, it's such a beautiful musical. The music is by Pascal and Paul, which are the same music duo who do Dear Evan Hansen, The Greatest Showman. They are incredible. The musical's great. And I was in the show and I played a character who essentially marines back in the day used to do these things called dogfights where they would have this big party and they would find the ugliest girl that they could and they would bring them to this party and they would decide who would who brought the ugliest girl and that person would win the dogfight and so in this musical I played the lead character who gets brought to this dogfight by a marine and in the script you know it talks about her her being fat and all of these things and at that point in my life I was really really resistant to that word. I can remember wanting to change that word in the script um, because I thought if I say that I'm fat in front of a room full of people, everybody would be like, oh my God, she is fat. <laughs> like that mindset that you're going to like shatter the glass for people that is already just like so shattered, you know, like everybody knows what you look like, but it was a, it was a self-protection thing. I felt like if I didn't call it out, no one would know. And I loved everything about the process of doing that musical. I think it's a beautiful show. It's a beautiful story. But because of where I was at in my journey with my body mentally, that show was hard for me. I think I had to face a lot of hard truths about myself that I was viewing as negative at the time. I wouldn't view those as negative now. And I would tell that story very differently. Like as an actor, I would approach that differently. It would be a really fun role to redo as the tailor that I am now because... I just think I could bring a whole other perspective and nuances to that character. But anyways, all to say, I'm trying to set the stage, <laughs> if you will, for the mindset that I was in, which was I was already struggling with my body. Then I did this musical where I had to call out that I was fat in front of a lot of people and be this ugly girl. And then I was in this toxic relationship and then the toxic relationship ended and I was just Kind of that emoji where the face is like melting into the floor, if you know, um, of like self-confidence. I just didn't feel worthy of a lot of things, of love, of self-love, of independence, so many things. And I truly had to rebuild. And what a better time to rebuild yourself and your life than a global pandemic, you know? Hours upon hours upon hours stuck in your space with your head. I mean, that's where the true growth begins, people. And in a lot of ways, I wonder like how different the shift would have been 
had I not come into a pandemic at that time. Because in a way, it was a blessing that I got a lot of time to just focus on myself. But I also think that's a lot of time to spend with myself. And as great as I truly am, just like could have used a break, you know? So I'm defeated, dejected. I was trying to think of another word that starts with a D, but I was I was at a low point and I had a lot of rebuilding to do. And so, you know, was that work very obvious? Was I like writing in a journal every day and going on a run and finding myself and hiking a mountain? No, I was sitting in my apartment and watching a lot of murder documentaries and cooking a lot. But I think that I am somebody who really avoids time alone with my brain. I avoid it because I've had depression and time alone with my brain has been something that is very uh, not not the vibe, something that scares me and has been a very dark place before. So even if that alone time with my mind isn't going to be that, I kind of squeeze into a fight or flight mode that it is going to be like that. And so I had a lot of alone time with my brain and I think that A lot of self-reflection and insights from my relationship were coming to the surface and I kind of got to slowly start that rebuilding process. Part of that rebuilding process was going on some dates during COVID. Um, You know, I assessed my level of risk and so did the other person and it was a lot of just, you know, meeting at a park or going to the other person's house and this is like where my sexual awakening really began in many ways. I Not that I think that you need to get that outside validation from somebody that you're interested in sexually to be able to see that in yourself. But I think when you're at a low enough point, getting out into the world and realizing that this thing that you told yourself you couldn't have, that no one would be interested in, that wasn't available to you, once you find out that all of that isn't true and that glass shatters a little bit, you're allowed to like finally see the world a bit differently. So I won't say that like, you know, sleeping with a couple of people during the pandemic made me love myself by any means. But I think it showed me how wrong I was about the narrative that I had been writing about myself. And if that could be wrong, then what else could be wrong? And that just opened up a whole world of like what, what's in store what could I flip on its ass and change whether that's fashion whether that's sharing more of my body on social media and not being afraid whether that's having lots of conversations with people in my life and setting boundaries I think boundaries was a huge huge part of that COVID era if you will of my self-love and self-exploration was what will I no longer put up with I will no longer have space for people to speak a certain way about their bodies or my body or bodies in general I'm not gonna expose myself and be a part of like that rhetoric I know I chatted about doing a lot of the less self-deprecating boundaries were huge boundaries are important in life in general but especially when you're trying to like set a new bar for your life look at the people in your life and be like hey It's great that you want to say those things, but don't say them around me. Or it's not great that you want to say those things. I think you should maybe look at why you want to say those things and work on that and then not work on that in front of me though, you know, because you get to choose what you're exposing yourself to for the most part. You get to choose 
the kinds of people you want in your life. I've built such an incredible community of people who see the world the same way that I do. And it's so amazing for my mental health, for my life, for my growth. I absolutely think you should have people in your life who also see the world another way, who challenge you on some things. All of that is healthy, but those people are always going to be there. <laughs> like you can't, you know, get rid of everybody that maybe sees the world in a way you don't agree with. They're literally always going to be there. So try and pick as many people as you can and create that circle for yourself where you can just wholeheartedly be yourself and feel genuinely and authentically validated because those people see the world the same way you do. I think that that was huge for me. And all of this was happening during COVID. The boundaries, the breaking the glass for myself on what was available to me, surrounding myself with really great people. I got a job during COVID at a cookie company. I'll let you just... uh, wonder what that is. I'm not naming it, but there's only so many of them, you know? And um, I met a lot of really incredible people there, really incredible people with really incredible perspectives. And we got to chat a lot. And I find those people extremely instrumental in my self-love journey and my confidence journey because it was such a safe space to just learn about other people and other people's experiences, which would then change my own experience. This is sounding very um, eat, pray, love, if you will, but it's true. And it really did make a difference. I chatted a little bit about, you know, appreciating my body for all of the things that it does in my life. And my body does do a lot of incredible things when I haven't treated it very well. When I've, you know, not given it food for a whole day because I'm too depressed to get out of bed. When I haven't moved it enough because I'm too depressed to get out of bed. It all comes back to being too depressed to get out of bed, really. And through all of that, my body still shows up for me in the way that I needed to most of the time. My body is so resilient and strong. And so many people would look at my body and not think of those things when they look at it, but it fucking is. It is, it's been with me through everything. It's changed. I've hated it. I've loved it. It's been incredibly kind to me and it's been incredibly kind to you too. Not my body. Maybe. I don't know who's listening to this. Maybe it has been really kind to you. No, um, that was gross. Uh, no, your body has been all of those things for you. And I think it's really easy to pick on ourselves, but Anybody who's listening to this, your body is doing incredible things for you and you need to be fucking nicer to it, whatever that looks like for you, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, like give it a goddamn break. It is doing its best and it's doing a pretty good job. So in my journey of refinding myself and meeting these new people and all of this, I am also getting high all the time. I wasn't sure if I was going to dive into this journey, to be honest with you, but I am because I think that it's important. Um, I had a really, really complicated relationship with marijuana for a long time, a long, long time, Um, at least four years. And it had gotten to the point where I was getting high every day. Uh, I was getting high every night. 
I was never somebody who got high during the day per se, but at night, um, most of the time when I didn't have responsibilities, sometimes when I did, um, those boundaries I set for myself when I started of what I thought was appropriate and what wasn't, um, they changed the more addicted I became to it. People say, oh, you can't get addicted to marijuana. I think I'm living proof that you can because I was very addicted to it. So much so that I like went to substance abuse counseling for marijuana. And if you're listening to this and you're like, it's marijuana, Taylor, like, are you good? The answer is no, I am not good. And the other part is that it really doesn't matter what it is. If it's marijuana, if it's salt, if it's coffee, if it's whatever, if you cannot get through your day, if you have to frame your entire day around getting that thing and it is the happiness and joy and motivation you have for the day hinges on the fact that you need that thing or will you be able to get that thing, that's an addiction, that's a problem, that's affecting your life too much. For me, it was marijuana. Am I very grateful that it didn't become another drug for myself? Absolutely. I have a very addictive personality and I have mental health issues. So, you know, I'm kind of the perfect candidate for that. But I settled on marijuana because it felt really good. It was a really good thing to suppress all of the hard feelings I was feeling for a moment, for a night. But long term, it did a lot of damage to me. It, it took away so much of my motivation. It, in a way, really did affect the way that I loved myself. And I just like lost myself in it. I lost control of myself in it. I lost my ability to be able to just take a break for a bit. It got to a really dark place where I could have never pictured myself without it. And it was a point of contention in a lot of my relationships. It was a point of contention in my current romantic relationship with my my current partner who couldn't be more opposite of my last relationship. He's the one that edits these uh, podcasts, episodes for me. He's incredible and so supportive and empathetic and understanding and compassionate. But it's hard to see your life with somebody when we would talk about traveling parts of the world and I'm like, but how will I get weed? You know, it, it's, it created a lot of long-term questions of how will we be able to do A, B, and C if we don't get a handle on this? And with my partner now and my friends, nobody ever made me feel alone in it. Nobody ever made me feel like I had to figure it out. It was always, what are we going to do to figure it out? Which I'm very grateful for because I know so many people don't have that support and that outlet. And it truly is a lot of the reason that I eventually was able to quit, which was, I want to say, I don't know, almost 90 days ago now. Um, I've been sober from marijuana, which is crazy because I never, ever thought I would say that after four years of getting high every single night. And I do feel in a lot of ways like a completely different person. And I think my self-love and my body positivity and those aspects of me have got to flourish a lot more since I've quit marijuana because I'm no longer seeing through this foggy lens that I was seeing through before. You know, if you've ever got high and you 
you know, the brain fog you have the next day. I was kind of just living in a constant state of that. I had wanted to start a podcast for years. I quit marijuana and within a month and a half, I started a podcast. Like my motivation changed completely. And I finally got to figure out who I am again. As much as, you know, during my COVID area, area, my COVID era, I was redefining a lot of myself and figuring out who I was again, I was doing that through the lens of weed. I could only do so much work. I could only grow so much. I could only discover so much about myself when I was constantly suppressing everything I was feeling with a drug. Now I get to do that without that. And it is a very different experience. It's a very hard experience. Um, when you get sober, a lot bubbles to the surface and comes up for you because the things that you have been avoiding, you you no longer have that same coping mechanism to avoid it. And so you have to sit with those feelings in a clear, present, sober mind. And that's really difficult. That's for sure been the hardest part of that journey. That and the anger. I still feel a lot of anger because I want to be somebody that can get high a couple times a week and can do it recreationally and have it do good things for me and not have it take over my life and not have it change who I am a little bit fundamentally. That just isn't my relationship with it. And I'll be honest, I haven't come to terms with that yet. I think it's really hard for me to accept that it very well may be something that isn't allowed to be in my life anymore and if I'm being truly honest with myself I still picture it being a part of my life at some point point. and my substance abuse counselor my doctor my therapist all of those people said that that's not impossible but it's just not the headspace to try and be operating from and every time I think oh maybe should I try it again just to see like will I be able to control it I mean I haven't had it for 90 days would I be able to stop myself now? Every time I think that, I think, yeah, but you still want it in your life so much. And so I don't think I'm ready. If I ever get to a point, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I have to believe that that point won't be coming from a place where I want it that badly. Or I it, it, not even want, I need it. And when life things come up now, like I had a really heavy couple weeks these past couple weeks these are the moments when I want to lean on that the most when I wish I could just get high and escape my brain for a little bit and not have to sit in the present so much all the fucking time short term it sucks long term it is so much better for my life and I had no idea how real and deep I was going to get into that journey but I kind of just went with my heart there and shared what I shared it also did definitely affect my relationship with food. I mean, if anybody has been high, food tastes better. Everything looks better, sounds better, feels better, tastes better. Um, your appetite changes. I just, I had a really complicated relationship with food already. And then adding weed to the mix really amplified that. And so that's been a very hard journey as well. Moving through sobriety has been trying to address and change my relationship with food because much like weed was something to avoid feeling food has been too and that's all I'll say on that because that is I'm surprised I even said that for a ton of people to hear yeah it fundamentally changed 
so many things about me. And when I went to Hawaii on vacation in September, I knew that I was going to be without weed for eight days when I was there. And I didn't want that process to be horrible. So I quit about a week before I left. I had some medication to help with withdrawal type symptoms so that I wouldn't be feeling miserable in Hawaii, depriving myself of this thing that I was using to function for so long. I think if you're sitting here and you're like, maybe I want to get sober, I would say absolutely go to Hawaii. I don't think there's a better place to have a sobriety journey than beside a natural waterfall and swimming in the ocean and seeing sea turtles. I really think, you know, some people just get get the heck out of here and go to Hawaii and have a bit of an eat, pray, love moment with yourself because... I do think the the beautiful mountains and stunning views were helpful for sure in that journey and having, you know, things to do that were exciting every day. I think if you're somebody that's really struggling, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to, I don't know, start it in a vacation way a little bit. It really helped me. I mean, not everybody may be in a position to do that, but if you're not, even just like creating a week of fun activities or meeting up with different friends every day and trying to go for a walk or do small things to keep yourself busy and to reintroduce to yourself that there are so many good things in life that have nothing to do with that thing that you were abusing. So that was 90 days ago. So that pretty much takes us to today in my journey with my body. It has been a roller coaster. It has not been easy when it's been going really well. It hasn't stayed really well. You know, I am at the best place I've ever been right now because of a combination of so many things. I mean, I've walked you through so many aspects of my life and right now so many of them are sitting in a good space, but that took so many years to have a good circle of people that I felt safe and comfortable with, to be in a relationship that was healthy and positive for me, to have regained my independence and self-confidence on my own, to quit marijuana, to work on my relationship with my mental health and with food. Like all of those things took literally years and years and years. And just because those things have been kind of checked off the list, that just means that I have new things to start checking off. Things that I want to work on that I didn't even think I wanted to work on because I had all of those other things that I have worked on ahead of me. I couldn't see past that. I mean, the work is literally never done and that can be a really debilitating thought. But in the least corny way, I think it's also super beautiful and humbling. I don't want to ever just stop growing or changing or working on myself. My favorite people, the best people I know are people who never think that the work is done with themselves. And because I've surrounded myself with such incredible people, the bar is very high for Taylor. And I want to keep pushing myself to challenge that bar. If you're listening to this and, you know, you feel like you're, you know, somewhere in the middle of your journey or you're at the start of your journey with your body and self-love and it all feels so overwhelming, it's literally one thing at a time. It's One Step at a Time by Jordan Sparks. One step at a time, there's no need to rush. It's, it's Jordan Sparks at the end of the day. It's small things 
that you work on slowly with good supportive people and the mindset that no matter how long it takes and how scary and dark and isolating the journey might be at times that you fucking have it and you do and if you're listening to this and you're like I don't have anybody to help me through that hi hey there I'm right here and I would be honored to be a small part of your journey I don't know everything I don't really know anything but what I do know is we as human beings never give ourselves enough credit and it's I think society's way of making sure we never get the life that we want but we can because I said so and I know everything I started a podcast obviously I know all I'm going to wrap it up for today. This episode was a bit of a clusterfuck of just my mind going in a million different directions. I've This is the most loosely planned episode I've had so far because when I sat down today, I was like, I don't know if I have it in me to do it. So let's just see what comes out. And what came out was what it was. I mean, love it or hate it, I recorded episode four. So wherever you are when you're listening to this episode, if it's the daytime, if it's the nighttime, try and go do something for yourself that makes you feel good, whatever that is for you. Mine is usually taking a bath and listening to women scream at each other on my phone, um, which is Real Housewives, and have a tea, have a laugh, because you deserve it. Bye!